Welcome back to Divorced and Done. I'm Rob Woodward, joined by Darren Schmidt. We're divorce lawyers helping you navigate through your divorce quickly and efficiently without bankrupting yourself emotionally or financially. Everything we talk about in this program is for your information, but it is not legal advice of any kind. Darren Schmidt, how are you? Guten Tag. Robert. Salut. Heine Klein and How are we feeling? I am well, Darren Schmidt. Thanks for being with me tonight. As we we have not done some questions in some time, tonight we're picking up the questions again, and as you like to say, letting our listeners power our podcast. We need to hear from you, listener. If you, you're sitting there going, hmm, the, the listener's I wonder, upset. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I wonder if there's a place where I can deposit my question and... Two guys with mics will answer it. Look no further. (laughs) Hear no further than what you're listening to (laughs) right now, folks. You're listening to the guys that will answer your question. Is it right? That's for you to determine. But we think we're right because we help lots of people move through the divorced and done steps. Literally hundreds of people have deposited their questions into our two forums, two ways that you can submit questions and we answer them. Those ways, Rob Woodward, are what? Either the conventional email, lawyers talking about divorce at gmail.com, or if you don't want to type and you want to talk and you want to hear your voice on the show, send us a voicemail through the SpeakPipe platform, speakpipe.com slash divorced and done. And and is spelled out A N D, speakpipe.com slash divorced and done. All right, so you now know what to do if you're sitting at home. Have a wine, have a beer, pick up the speak pipe and let her fly. Or don't do that. Uh, be sober when you send the question or not. Whatever. We'll, uh, we'll listen. We've listened to everyone that's come in. I think we've answered every question that's come in by speak pipe. We it's like a, like a voicemail box and it's totally anonymous. You don't have to leave your name. You don't even have to type your name in when you go to the speak pipe. Um, machine. It's called yeah, because it, it's not a phone thing. It's uh, making a recording online, and it just sends it to us via email, which is great. Doesn't have any information attached to you to it, so we can receive those anonymously. And we hear your voice, which is really valuable for us because it's a really rich way for us to get to know you, our audience. Because other than that. All we do is we see on the back end kind of how many people listen to this, where they're from. Someone apparently listens to us from Kenya. I have a hard time believing that. Kenya is uh, our it fifth most popular country, because <laughs> you and I, is Spotify, everyone's getting their Spotify wrapped this last week. Our number yeah. five country is Kenya. I, I don't know. Thank you to I, the I don't know Kenyan anyone listeners. from there, but thank you if you're in Kenya listening to us that... I'm glad Divorced and Done has such a constituency there. We have to imagine that if that is true, it's maybe, it's either someone using, um, what do you call it? I'm not using the right, I I won't use the right term here. Uh, uh, A remote thing, a a shield. Yes. Yeah. Like a remote connection. Yep. And they're sitting in uh, Quebec City. And but 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 their internet is is running VPN. Through Kenya. There we go. A VPN. V- VPN. Yes. Whatever VPN stands for, I can't. Virtual PN. Anyway, I. Uh, if you were thinking about list, sending us a question and listening to us talk about what is a VPN, you may have second thoughts. But nonetheless, these people have sent us questions. So shall we roll? They have. To it? 
And just last thought on the internet, because you know, always believe everything you read or see on the internet. Oh yeah. Abraham Lincoln tweeted that yesterday. So we know it's true. Uh, do you want to take us to our first question? Do I ever? And Beautiful. this I don't I do not believe this is from President Lincoln. <laughs> although we don't reveal your identity, so it could no. it could be. Could be from uh, Richard Nixon. He had never, a rough, they, 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 all those guys had rough marriages. <clears throat> okay, let's get into it. Listener says, "Hi guys, hello. I'm wondering if you can touch on court pilot programs. Apologies if this is long. No worries. I live in Saint John, New Brunswick. Ever you ever been there, Rob? Uh, I have. Have you been to far eastern Canada? I have." I have been to New Brunswick. I visited a friend attending the University of New Brunswick uh, like 15 years ago. And so that was in Fredericton. And I believe I would have had to drive through St. John because I went down to Maine for the afternoon just to say I went to Maine. Like that's I drove cool. down. Yeah, that's neat. So uh, it was rainy and sort of in February. So I don't know if I saw St. John at its best, but... Um, it was an experience. All right. From St. John, listener says, our court, our family court system is running a pilot program, which is meant to expedite the process and cost people less money by use of case management conferences or settlement conferences. However, I don't find this to be the case for me. The pilot program has cost me double or triple. Every time a motion is filed, we have to go in front of a case management master due to having a final order due to having a final order signed by a judge the case master cannot do anything other than set it down for a trial so it is almost a meaningless step and away my ex is financially controlling me as well as dragging it out making it harder to establish a material change as i've tolerated the behavior this long my ex files motions every month over anything and everything he promised he would financially ruin me if I ever left and drag it out as long as possible. Here we are, three years later, I'm still facing two trials plus a minimum of two case management conference conferences and an abridgment of time motion in order to get permission to go on vacation with my children before the end is near. Whereas other courts, I might just have two trials without the case management step. The trials are for contempt over TikTok and a motion to change. Okay, lots of interesting stuff going on here, Rob. Yeah. Uh, anyway, not sure what my question is other than how do you feel about these pilot programs, especially when there is some emotional abuse uh, problems at play, at least from this listener's perspective pertaining to their ex-spouse. All right, so it looks like, Rob, we have from the, what this listener is saying, some pilot programs running in the province of New Brunswick pertaining to having conferences, settlement conferences uh, before motions or applications on interim right. matters are heard. And this listener is not too pleased about it and just wants to move on with life. Well, I mean, she's asking for our opinion on these programs. You and I can't speak to the New Brunswick program specifically, but what do you think? You and I were talking about a similar, a piece very similar to this issue actually just last week. And... The notion of how long do we let a file sit, either with attempts at alternative dispute resolution, whether you're going through mediation with a private mediator or in this situation, sort of like mediation with a judge, 
how long do we let things go to interim court appearances where you do not get a final order, but you get an order that's going to govern and then you're going to come back in a certain period of time and have another order. How long do we let those pieces run before we say, okay, we're setting this down for trial. We're going to go to trial to get a final order. And a final order, of course, even though it's called a final order, it means no more litigation right now. And we're going to give you a structure that you really need to try to work in and work towards so that everyone can get on with their lives. And I'll be necessarily brief in my response to this. The notion of divorced and done and our mandate in this podcast is to help you solve your own divorce to avoid court and potentially go through some alternative dispute resolution process or limited litigation to get a deal and get a deal with your ex and be done. But sometimes you can't get a deal. And in those situations, you can get stuck in continued settlement conferences, continued return to court, whereas the other person may or may not be motivated to reach finality. And some people like reviews. And as this listener says, three years later, she's still thinking about two trials for finality, but there's case management conferences along the way. And other interlocutory steps, and the word interlocutory means on the way to trial. If you're before the same judge all the time and you're just not getting anywhere with your ex and the real problem is your ex refusing to negotiate, refusing to make up any ground to avoid trial, to limit the issues going to trial, and you sincerely believe trial is still an inevitability, I'd say make that pitch to the judge now saying exactly what you've said to us. You've been here for three years going through a loop of some form of alternative dispute resolution. You've tried mediation. You've tried to work these things out. It's just not working. It's time for someone else to make a decision so you can get that finality. And unfortunately, other than that, I would simply say best of luck. These programs work from some people. And in this situation, it seems like, unfortunately, it's not working for your family. Yeah. There's no, there's no way around the court processes that are implemented in your jurisdiction if you're going through court. So there's no way to avoid some of these requirements. You have to satisfy whatever the requirements are in your jurisdiction. So you may be frustrated by them. Uh, your frustrations are likely shared by other litigants. And one way, I think, to let... Um, let it be known what your views are on it <clears throat> is not necessarily uh, taking it out at, a, at an upcoming conference and saying to the judge, you know, I think this process that that you folks implemented stinks. And I don't get the tone from you, the listener, that you would ever do that. Some people make statements like that in court and it's not effective. The, the judge themselves or master that's sitting at the conference, they're, they're not the one making the, the rules or the practice directions. You know, if you are truly upset by this process, your your recourse might be best. Um, you you might be best to phone the justice department 
in the province of New Brunswick and say, look, I'm a litigant in this process. Just want to let you guys know uh, this this uh, pilot program was implemented. Uh, here's my experience without talking specifically about the issues at play in my case. Just generally overall, you know, here's what I'm seeing. I don't see this working. I get where you're coming from. I understand the perspective of settlement conferences. Settlement conferences, the goal is how can we put a stop at litigating interim application on an urgent basis over and over and over again. And Rob, you you and I see that a lot in our practices. We see even a lot of lawyers that want to do that. Like how, how can we litigate today? The goal of a settlement conference from um, at its most basic is how do we calm things down? What, what can we do to calm things down? But when in your case, from your perspective, listener, you don't have another party on the other side of this that has any sincere desire for settlement, there hopefully should be a way for you to fast track to get this down, set down for a trial. And if you're locked into this pilot program, there has to be a way for you to ultimately set trial dates. And at your next settlement conference or whatever, you can say, look, um, something to the, the extent of the, the file on this matter in the courthouse is likely however many inches thick. We've, we've been repeated customers of this courthouse, not because I want to be here, but because the other party is filing motion after motion after motion. This is, an, in my view, an, an entirely ineffective way of running this file. So we need some direction from this court to move this thing along in the best manner so that we are not occupying more, more court time, more resources, and building a thicker court file. Let's set some trial dates. How do we do that? Where are we moving this to? We can't keep coming back here every month. I don't want to be back here every month. You, Your Honor, you don't want to see us every month. We want to move this along. <laughs> How do we move this along? How do we get and they're finality? Gonna say, yeah. They're going to say, that's a wonderful idea. And then, you know, you know, because the opposite end of the spectrum is what you're dealing with now. How do we have an, how do we have a meeting here at least once a month? That, that's not. <laughs> I don't have any extracurriculars. I just like going to court. <laughs> how do we meet every hobby. month at the courthouse with my friend Master Smith or whoever? Yeah, like, find a new hobby. Like or, we can't keep coming back and bothering these folks. So how do we get a final date? And they'll say that's a wonderful idea. Let's get you some final dates, likely. Or they'll say we can't do that today, but you got to go speak to the case management officer and we'll set some trial dates or whatever. If you have a lawyer, I'd also say, voice your concerns clearly to your lawyer and say, I'm not pleased with the procedural direction of the file, not because of that lawyer, but because of other factors at play and say, how do we, what's, what's the quickest path from point A finality? How do we get there? And that lawyer will likely direct you in that direction. So I, I hope that's the case. We wish you well in St. John, New Brunswick. Absolutely. Thank you for the question. Okay, let's go to our, uh, our second question. Uh, listener says, hi there. Hello there. Love your TikTok channel. Looking forward to tuning into your podcast. Well, thank you for uh, coming over from TikTok and listening to us. It means the world to us that you're dedicating your attention and your time to our podcast. It's really uh, humbling. My question is this. Will a judge award costs for unreasonable unreasonable settlement offers? Excuse me. And is the following an unreasonable settlement offer, in your opinion, respecting spousal support? Situation. My brother married his wife in 2012. 
They had been together since 2010. There's two kids of the marriage born in 2014 and 2016. The wife, the brother's wife, worked as an administrative uh, administrator, uh, various positions, until she did not return after her second mat leave. Uh, That would have been probably sometime in 2017. Uh, She has a diploma in administration. My brother and his wife separated in September 2019, just shy shy of their seven-year wedding anniversary. They are still trying to work out the divorce process, and the issues are spousal support amount and duration. He understands she is likely entitled to support on a compensatory basis for the two maternity leaves that she had to take and time spent away from the workforce but is having a hard time with the need beyond that as she is capable of working. She has not worked since she decided to not return after Matt leave in 2017 and blames it on having to provide childcare for the children who are both in school now full-time. My brother has also offered to pay half the daycare fees as she would qualify for a max subsidy with her $0 income, which we priced out with a local daycare director and would be about $450 a month split between the two of them. And she hasn't really addressed our suggestion in that regards. Instead, her offer for settlement for spousal support is she would like a little over $2,000 a month until 2030 and to have this only to be reviewed at that point, not terminated, as well as increasing his child support amount from what he's currently paying to $1,600 a month to $1,900 a month. Her net, his net income per month is $52 to $5,600. So that would leave him with uh, $1,678 a month at most. We don't know, Rob, what the gross income is. Of course, we need that to determine what would be appropriate amount for child support and spousal support. We're not interested in the net amount. Uh, listener says, is this whole offer as ridiculous as it sounds, or are we just naive? My brother's lawyer seems shocked. Our family is stressed out beyond belief. Looking forward to hearing you on the podcast. Thanks so much for reading this, if you have all the best. All right, well, a really sincere question on behalf of her brother. Uh, seven-year marriage, two kids. Uh, his income is about, let's say, 5500 a month net. He's making about um, at least ninety grand a year. Ninety, I was gonna say around ninety, eighty, yep. somewhere between eighty-five to a hundred ish. Yeah. Um, and we don't know. She doesn't work. Apparently, she could work. Maybe the uh, the ex spouse. Um, we don't know all the details there. And the narrow issue that everyone, at least uh, from the listener's perspective on her side of the family, is shocked about is spousal support duration and amount and all of that. So, thoughts. Well. And let's maybe be a little more conversational on this, Darren, instead of me saying something than you saying something. The thing that strikes me here right off the top, I mean, yes, we don't know how old these people are, young children, uh, born in 14 and 16, so I'm going to assume these people are probably less than 40, or maybe max around 40. Uh, Seven-year wedding anniversary, so they're married for seven years, not not a short marriage, but not a long marriage. This is not a traditional mom stayed at home for 20 years and looked after the children. That's not what's live here. And she wasn't work and she wasn't at a stay at home the whole time. Uh, she was on some mat leaves that led to her staying at home. So at first blush without more, she's asking for a boost in support 
until 2030. That's eight years away. So that would be reviewable in eight years is longer than the term of this marriage. So I'd suggest on that full stop, that's probably not a starting point. I do like the notion of this being reviewed at some point in time, but instead of in 2030, I'd say reviewable maybe in three to five years. That's not uncommon, Uh, but the math would also need to be revisited here uh, with actual numbers, particularly for his child support, as she suggests, increasing child support to another number. Why would we increase child support unless the current order is insufficient? Uh, and not grounded in dad's actual income. I think those are the important pieces probably that need to be thought about here. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. The The, the things that stand out to me are, um, and it's difficult to hear this, but we're not so concerned about how much net is exactly. in the payor's pocket yep. at the end of the month really at its core. So let's put that out the window right now because people that um, I see online or, or possible clients that we meet with, it's a common theme to say, well, after I pay my support, I have no money left over to live. And if, well, number one, child support's non-negotiable. If the children are in the ex-spouse's care full-time or uh, there's not a shared parenting relationship, in other words, if the brother ex-husband doesn't have at least 40% of the time with the kids. We just look at what his gross income is and that determines child support. So once child support is out of your genes, then we're looking at what spousal support is, but that's still based on your gross income under the spousal support advisory guidelines to calculate the amount. So if there truly is entitlement, we're not going to fight entitlement. I agree with you, Rob, that the question is, how do we resolve this? So not how do we litigate it? How do we resolve this? Which comes back to the core of the listener's question. She says, is there cost that can be awarded for unreasonable settlement positions? And the answer is no. People are welcome to make stupid settlement offers and throw them out there. And you are entitled to say no or ignore them. Uh, you're, You're welcome to put forward your own settlement position. The thing with settlements is you, if you put a settlement position forward uh, with prejudice, meaning that it can be revealed at a final determination of your, of your case, if it goes to trial, and you meet or exceed what you offered financially in that offer, you can ask for enhanced costs. And that's jurisdiction specific. There's different rules about it. I've given you the general rule of thumb. So it's really not useful to put forward silly settlement offers, particularly if they're with prejudice. What you want to do is make your best offer with prejudice based on the information you have at hand and say in your settlement offer, you know, if you don't accept this, then we have the right to reveal this to the judge if this matter goes to trial, at which point we would be seeking enhanced costs, likely at least double costs. Again, it's jurisdiction specific for each step in the litigation that we take here on out. And those steps are defined by the rules of court in your jurisdiction, and they're typically based on a tariff for individual items for costs. That, that's a really complex way of saying, put your best foot forward in your offer. You've gotten what appears to be, at least in terms of duration, I agree with you, Rob, a 
a non-starter offer. But there is probably a spousal claim on the table that has some legitimacy, and it makes sense to address that now and say, instead of fighting entitlement and spending the next you know, year or two years fighting on entitlement, is it worthwhile conceding that and simply narrowing the question to say, how much and for how long? And you also have to factor in from the recipient standpoint, if they don't have to litigate for the money, they're saving some costs on their end. So they might take a haircut in terms of the amount and duration that they might otherwise receive for spousal support. So this boils down to how do we do a good negotiation on this? Who cares that you got a, you got a bad settlement offer? Counter it. Yep. That's what I say. There's no cost consequences for it. It's just it, they threw it out there. Okay. You either ignore it and you go on with the litigation or you counter it. And, or alternatively, you, you engage a third party to help you negotiate these things like a mediator. And that, that might be a good option in this case. I don't know. I think so. And on settlement offers, uh, you're exactly right, Darren. There's no problem with unreasonable settlement offers. But at the same time, if you're safe, if you're fired up, you say, I'm going to send my own best case scenario or my own what what I would love, even though I know you're going to say no. Before you do that, think about really whether it's worth it, because there's nothing worse than competing settlement offers that are just so far apart as you like to say, what are we doing? And perhaps maybe you send an offer back, maybe you don't, and you look toward either trial or mediation, arbitration, something like that, other ADR we've talked about, to get you well on your way. And I think you're exactly right, Darren. On the scope of settlement offer, in our opinion, probably the entitlement piece here, that's not worth fighting about, but let's find the scope of what that's going to look like to get these folks on their way. Okay. Because we did two in-depth questions, maybe we can um, we can end on maybe a light note. I don't know. All right, you wanna, please. You want to go on a light note? Okay. Because uh, we're testing out this et cetera thing. Uh, we're we're going to have a podcast series come out, uh, which is just you and I having a little banter. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll try that out with you now if you're listening to this. So Rob, let's do, let's do the, let's do a list maybe to end this. It's Aaron Schmidt. Okay. Top, top three. Okay. Let's do top three. Both of Holy us. Holy smokes. We, we haven't prepped this. We should, you're, you're just nope. saying things right now. And we're, I'm we're hot stove and here we go. Oh, here okay. We go. Um, okay. Something's happening. Um, top three. Let's do top three businesses that we like. It could be anything. It could be a restaurant, could be a clothing manufacturer, could be a uh, beauty product, could be anything. Top three businesses that you love. Rob, what's your number? Let's let's go down. Rob, number three. Number three uh, doesn't exist in Canada. Unfortunately, it used to. Krispy Kreme Donuts hmm. had their heyday... 20 years ago, uh, perhaps a story for another podcast. You know the story in high school where I yep. got paid for doing magic with 600 donuts from Krispy Kreme. Oh, yeah. 50 dozen donuts. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that now. Uh, as a legacy of that, I have a Krispy Kreme ball cap that I like to wear, especially when I golf. I like to say they're my corporate sponsor. That's number three. Number two. I was gonna I was gonna maybe bounce to my number three. Please, we'll okay, please, yep, okay. please, sure. N- number three for me, uh, I'll go with Volkswagen. I've owned Volkswagen since two thousand five. Plaint, I was a class plaintiff in yes, their you diesel were. lawsuit. 
and I got a sweet settlement out of that, which uh, leveraged my next purchase of my current Volkswagen. So hats off to Volkswagen for the great settlement through their class action suit. You guys did great. And so. I don't want to toot my own horn. It was only because your lawyer told you to do that. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. you would have did some cash. Dumb. You got it. You basically got a free car. That kind of. That was a really cool thing. What was so? It was just top three. Remind me. Top three businesses generally, or were these more structured? Anything. Anything, any business on earth that you love could be local, could be it could be uh, international, could be just Canadian, whatever. What's your number two? Holy smokes, McDonald's. I that's you know what that's a good one. I like I, I it's going to be a tie. Um, McDonald's and Earl's, uh, Earl's restaurants more in Western Canada. Uh, both of those restaurants, McDonald's powered you and I all the way through law school and still mm-hmm. they have great coffee they do a great job Earl's restaurants I worked there through law school put myself through school doing card tricks and other things that was a great experience and they continue to put out a pretty good product what's your number two um as you know I'm a big fan of the spit and chicklets podcast which is not a direct competitor of us but they have all these offshoot things like um they're bar, they're a barstool sports brand, and they, they sell uh, vodka. Not that I'm a drinker; I don't even drink the vodka. But I love their stuff. I love their product that they put out in terms of their content. Um, and I've listened to them a lot. I'm sure no one listening to this podcast listens to Spit and Chicklets, but they're great. I love them. They'd be number two. All right, our number ones. Uh, I am gonna follow on your heels, and I guess my number one right now. Might be different in some years, might, but it might have been something different a few years ago. Uh, on the heels of a podcast, I'm going to say the folks over at Ramsey Solutions mm-hmm. uh, with Dave Ramsey. We've talked about him many times. Uh, broadly, it is about managing your financial life, uh, amongst other things. And for me, in the last two and a half-ish years, The work that I have done through their program, which anyone can find online, has absolutely changed my life and got out of debt, got some other pieces cleaned up. Uh, Totally recommend it if you're not aware of it. There you go. And of course, that structure, that model, as you and I have talked about, also influenced the notion of how we structured the Divorced and Done Steps. So big impact. Uh, I'm going to go with... um... And I don't even shop there that much, but I own so much of their clothing, the Costco clothing department. <laughs> like as I, as I okay. get older, the, yeah. the socks, the underwear, the hoodies, uh, they even have a dress, Calvin Klein dress shirt selection now. Like you can get everything there. Oh, your cell phones come from Costco. My cell phone came from Costco and you can get breaded shrimp samples while you're buying your socks. Like they, they figured this out. The people at Costco figured this out many years ago. Their biggest problem, of course, is that they don't have enough locations. So everyone goes to their very limited location regionally. And it's just, it's, it's mayhem. Any of these Costco's, it's complete mayhem. People lining up at six in the morning on the weekends to get into Costco. It's nuts. But if you can endure the crowds, the, the whole experience, the buying experience, it's, I don't know, kudos to them. Well, if any of those six businesses heard that snap pitch 
uh, Darren Schmidt was like, we're, we're doing some, unlike uh, uh, a year and a half ago where you're like, no free ads. We're doing the free ads for things we yeah. actually like. Uh, please give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. But Darren Schmidt, thank you for being with me as always. I'm Rob Woodward. This has been Divorced and Done, and we look forward to being with you again. And please check out Divorced and Done, etc. Coming to you soon. Divorce obviously sucks, but at least it only costs 20 bucks. 2020, 20, 20, 20 dollar divorce. Let's get a 2020, 20, 20 dollar divorce. We can save money and split our stuff. We'll both pitch in 10 bucks. I saw this ad on the side of a truck and it, it seems totally legit, right? Like, no, no, man. We, we can trust the truck ad for legal advice, it's, right? It's, it's, like, it's no like red flags here. Let's get a 2020, 20, 20 dollar divorce. Let's get a 2020, 20, 20 dollar divorce. Let's get a 2020, 20, 20 dollar divorce. Let's get a 2020, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20